Blog Talk Radio.
Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. The song you just heard is my song Sinking In, off of my debut album Leave It All Behind, which you can find on iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman. And I think, I didn't even really think about this when I put this song with the show tonight, but I think the song has a lot of relevance, and uh, Joseph Anthony, I'm sure, can relate to it, because the song really talks about, you know, people in your life that might not have supported you or believed in you, and in the end, uh, you were able to prove them wrong. So we are going to have a really exciting storytelling segment where Joseph Anthony is going to be brutally honest tonight, and I probably should have set my... uh, show to be explicit, but I put it as mature, but I can always go back and change it later. (laughs) But um, again, I just want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. If you can't tune into the live show, it will be available as a podcast when it is over, and we're going to do a good full hour, maybe a little bit more tonight. Um, I want to also thank everyone again for just all the support. Uh, Joseph Anthony actually was my first guest ever on the show, which was actually at the end of March, and I'm now going into, I think it's about my 27th episode tonight. I can't believe it's been this long, um, but everyone's been such a great support, and again, the show is really all about my guests. Um, that's the, the concept of the show is really supporting people in various forms of the entertainment industry to help them get their names out there because we all know how difficult this industry can be. Again, the concept of my show, too, is as a clinical psychologist, as well as someone who is involved in various forms of entertainment, including music. Um, I'm currently writing for some magazines, um, as well as the radio show. I do love interviewing people, and that is the other goal of this show, is to just really get involved in these people's professions and their lives and let the audience know about who they are. Uh, Please keep in mind, though, that the show is not meant to provide any type of formal treatment or therapy, even though we will talk about, I'm sure, some crazy scenarios that will have some psychological uh, twist to them. And uh, we might talk about psychology concepts in a broad framework, but again, we'll keep it very general and broad um, so as not to apply it to any specific persons. And finally, when we do talk about our crazy stories, we want to just make sure that we keep any specific names or um, of persons or organizations anonymous because, again, we're going to talk about humiliating stuff, but the show is not meant to humiliate any specific persons or organizations, etc. So if you're tuning in, please create a blog talk radio account. You can do it in the chat room. We will be available to take any questions that people have. Awesome. We've got two people in there right now. So please spread the word, guys. Let's get this going tonight for Joseph Anthony. Um, We're going to talk about some upcoming shows he has. And um, also I wanted to let people know if you want to call in to ask him any questions, the number is 805-243-1320. So let me tell you a little bit about Joseph Anthony. Um, For those of you who might not know who he is, but he's a pretty popular guy out there right now. He's an awesome comedian and I'm genuinely happy that I've been able to also become friends with him uh, outside of the comedy world. He's just hes a great person all around. Um, so I've had the pleasure of meeting him and seeing him perform and also uh, talking to him outside of the uh, comedy arena, so to speak. So Joseph Anthony uh, is a well-renowned national headliner on the comedy circuit. Um, he just got done doing, oh gosh, I think it was a 12- to 16-week stint at Harrah's down in Atlantic City. 
so he could comment more on that. He was also a top 20 finalist in season four of NBC's Last Comic Standing, was the killer to be killed winner on the Howard Stern Sirius XM 101, and makes regular appearances on Uncle at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club, as well as on Sirius XM Comedy Channels 150 and 151. And everyone, definitely, if you are local in the area, you can get out tomorrow night, August 17th, he is going to be performing at the American Hotel with another awesome comedian named Tom D'Addario and uh, Davin, who is going to be the MC. So that's going to start at 8.30 p.m. I just looked it up before online, and I told you it's a beautiful hotel. It's really cool. It's right downtown in Freehold, New Jersey. So if you can, come out. And you can go to josephanthonycomedian.com, and that can give you more information about the show tomorrow night. So, again, we're going to talk about some really cool stories tonight. I'm really excited to do something different. Um, This is going to be more, as we would say in psychology, free association because I really didn't prepare many questions tonight for him. I really want him to be able to kind of take the stage here and talk about whatever he'd like, and I will comment, I'm sure, along the way. So let's bring him on the air. Okay, Joseph Anthony, you are on. Hey, Carrie, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. I heard I heard a, a little bit of that uh, lead-in. You really, uh, really put the pressure on me to be a nice guy and 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 tell some uh, really brutally honest stories. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm gonna do the best I can. You know, people should cool. understand before before we get into this that um, it's funny how um, when you were promoting it and you're you're a great self-promoter and a promoter in general, and I appreciate that. You're better at promoting me than I am at promoting me. I told you, I told you, I'm going to promote you one day. I'm going to be your manager. Everyone's been asking me about doing stuff like that. I said, look, I don't have the time right now, but I would love to do it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'll take it, because this is, uh, sometimes it's, um, you know, some people are great at selling themselves. I could probably sell someone else, but I'm all about the product on stage and, and all the stuff that surrounds it, I'm, I was never very good at. Right. So all the, right. Uh, the kibitzing and the nonsense and the game playing. Um, I know. Sort of like, well, I, you know what? You know, I agree with you, Joseph, too. I mean, with everything I do, I'm not – I hate self-promoting. Like, And I try to do it in such a very – I don't know how to put it – genuine, grounded way. Like, I'm not a narcissistic person. I'm not the type of person that's like, you know – you have to listen to this and you have to do that. Like, I try to do it, like, kindly check out. And I hate to do it like that, but that's just how I am. I hate, I agree with you. I don't like that aspect of it. But I think there are ways that you can kind of scoot around that where you can still get the stuff out there without being a pompous, you know. <laughs> oh, I know. And it's, be- it's become, you know, I-, I just literally communicated with a, a, a very good friend of mine, uh, one of my best friends, if not my best friend in the business, as well as one of the guys whose talent I, I respect. So, so much. He's a guy who can make me laugh again and again and again. And that's so rare amongst comics, okay? We typically mm-hmm. acknowledge the funny, like, that's funny, that's smart, that's good. He's terrible. You know, that's the that's the threshold for everything. But this guy can right. just make me belly laugh like I don't even know him. And he is older than me a little bit and has a few more years in the business. Uh, okay. You know, pound for pound, we're both very strong comics. But he's embracing technology something I haven't done and never will. Like, I get it. I know i got to do it. But I right. give him a lot of credit. I tip my hat to him because he's posting all kinds of videos on Facebook. He's created a Twitter account. He's like, 
And I'm like, geez, I, you know, that's it's become a business of self promotion. And the more yep. the more uh, smoke and mirrors you create, you you don't even have to have. And he does, but a lot of guys don't even have or have to have the ability to back it up. See me, I'm a purist, and nobody gives a, a crap, you know. No, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And I think I think you have to find, and I know you say it's difficult, but it's finding that happy kind of medium because you have the talent and the skills and you're beyond most comedians that I've even seen out there. And I've been going to see a lot of people now for a couple of years since I got into this. And it's just like, I know what you mean. You just don't want to do that other extra stuff. But I know, unfortunately, with the way, you know, the industry is, it's just, yeah, I know. <laughs> It's exhausting after 20 feet. <laughs> um, I know. I, I know. And, it, and it's. And I just want to back paddle just a little bit and and um, a, a paraphrase the the I don't know if it's the title or the hook or the moniker of this show, storytelling. I hope nobody expects that I'm gonna um, somewhere between my comedy, which is laughable, and right. um, storytelling, which gives you the imagery of. Um, curling up with some cocoa and then getting under the covers, <laughs> this is going to be right, right in between. I'm not going for the punchline here all the time, and it's certainly not uh, a lot of cozy stuff. But if it demonstrates sure. anything of my journey, um, it's, 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 probably not, um, it's probably not different than a lot of other really good comics or really good musicians that unfortunately or fortunately – what a lot of us have in common is that we've had to live through or live in some sort of rough or bad situation mm-hmm. that forces you to find an artistic outlet of expression. Right, right. Uh, I've, I've always known that this was something I was going to do or at least try. Uh, it, was, it was apparent to me uh, that I wasn't going to be a guy's guy, uh, in part because <laughs> I, had a, um, I had what you might call a, a rolling stone of a father, and I grew up with the influences of five older sisters and my mother. That's six women, no brothers. Uh, technically, I'm, I'm supposed to be gay. <laughs> I, I, all, the, all the cards were dealt. He, he's definitely going to be, you know, gay. And nothing wrong, but, um, in fact, the opposite happened. I'm sort of like, I never belonged anywhere, so to speak. I was in kindergarten, for example, for a silly example. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wasn't into building the blocks and the cars, but I wasn't against it. I wanted to play right. in the ball area, but not to play with the dolls, but to get close to the little girls. <laughs> and, <laughs> of, of course, they didn't want me there. And so I kind of was always trying to find my place. I was always a, I was always a little too dangerous for the good kids, but definitely not a low life, so I couldn't gel with the dangerous kids, and okay. that puts you, put you a, I guess, a weirdo. I, I don't know what else to say. Well, did, but, I um, mean, would you, and I'll, like I said, I want you to mostly kind of take the rein here, but, you know, while you're talking about certain things, I'll just, like, interject. I mean, did you feel like, I don't want to say an outcast, but you're saying you didn't fit in, really, you couldn't really find your niche, so to speak, so was that what you're kind of trying to say? Uh yeah, I'm I'm I don't know I'm 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 different I'm different yet I could I could sort of gel with almost I think in, in terms of intelligence 
and I'm not saying mm-hmm. that I'm so smart. I'm just saying I do have uh, enough intelligence to coexist with almost any group of people, whether I like yeah, them or you not. Yeah, definitely do. Yeah. Yeah, but my 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 comfort level is real really gets narrowed down to who gets me and who I get and who I'm really comfortable around because I I kind of clam up and become very sort of uh um but not 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 reformed but um but a little a little bit a, t- a tiny bit introvert refined. I become sort of more refined around certain people because I'm afraid to let my light shine. I've always, I've, I've ruined tons of auditions because of that, you know. What do you mean, like, well, that's, that's interesting. What types of people would you say, you know, make you become more introverted, as you're saying, or kind of clam up a little bit? What What do you think that's about? Oh, arrogant, self-righteous, self-serving people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just people that are above it all. And you find that a lot with the people that sit, quote-unquote, on the other side of the desk. And for right. a guy who is brazen and always spoke his mind, and I'm 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 the the the, the wildest, loudest guy in the room. Sometimes I <laughs> clam up when I know I'm being judged or I need something from someone like that, and I don't mm-hmm. know how to stay in in no uncertain terms. Screw you! Who are you to judge me? This is who I am. Take it or leave it. But are you talking about more just kind of lay people or are you talking about, like, management people or, you know, people that are higher up, like you're saying, that you have to maybe demonstrate or prove something to? Or are you just talking about, like, say you meet some random comic who, you know, is not really anyone, but they do have this kind of air and arrogance about them. Would you be in that situation similar to how you'd be in a situation? Across the board, all of the above. Because I'm I'm the kind of guy, I'm a zero to 60 kind of guy. You know, some Mm -hmm. may take me as... You know, depending on the circumstance and whether I've had a drink or not, or how my day's <laughs> going that day, I could I could be kind of quiet into myself. And some people like to, mm-hmm. and yet I project, as you know, even if I'm not saying anything, you don't have to scratch your head and try to figure out where I come from and the kind of guy I am. You know, a, a New right. York Italian kind of guy. But yet <laughs> I can, you know, some people tend to shun that or they want to jump on it or take advantage of it. And, you know, I'll, I know that I'll, when I hit 60, I'm going to be smarter than them in not just mm-hmm. an intellectual way, but in a street sense. I'm going to cut them down. I'm going to belittle them. I'm going to put them in the little tiny place that they belong in, in their, in their you know, self-righteous thing that they've created in their mind. I can bury a person Mentally, emotionally, and physically, <laughs> so I tend to try okay. to stay away from that, and I really shouldn't hide it. But then, then there's like everybody's like, "Oh, be you, be you, come out, man, don't hold it back." And then when I do, everybody's like, "Calm down, can't you just be like everyone else?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, but you know, it's funny for me. I mean, and maybe this is my psychology stuff. When I meet those types of people, I I find it very entertaining, and I kind of just sit back and. I mean, you have to look at it from a different perspective, too, Joseph, because these types of people, they might actually very, be very confident about themselves, but usually it's the total opposite. These, these arrogant, narcissistic, pompous people are usually so insecure and so not sure of themselves that that whole thing they're putting on, you know, is for the most part a front to deal with all that other stuff they can't oh, deal I, with. I know it's, I know it's you a know what I mean? And that's the right. thing is that, 
in my perfect world, I want to tear down their walls. Right. You know what I mean? But, but you know what? Instead, you don't have to because you're that good. See that? Well, that, you know what I mean? like to, um, I don't know, I try to coexist. I try to be civil. And, you know, people tend to try to look down their noses. And I, I can't, listen, I can't be fighting everyone. Not not physically and literally. I mean, you, you know, I can't be sh- right. putting everyone in their place. I'm not saying I'm perfect. Believe me, I'm. I'm. If if we really get into this thing tonight, you'll see how imperfect I am. It's just that I'm sort of like uh, aware of a lot of my flaws, and these people aren't. Mm-hmm. And um, and you're right; they are they are completely concealing all their fears. And and and, and mm-hmm. you know you know we used to we used to say that you know that's the guy that got beat up as a kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I mean, these people are dealing with a lot of stuff that they're just either they're not aware of, they're in denial about, but um, I think subconsciously on some level they know it. You know what I mean? And, and I always find yeah, the people it's, that are very confident and sure of them. Out, that, you know, it's a great feeling when you call them out. But, um, you know, the, the, the whole point yeah. is before we, we, we end up going down the, 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 a good road, because yeah. I, I enjoy okay. this, I enjoy talking to you, but the wrong road, <laughs> you know, we've had these, we've had these in-depth conversations, but we, we should we should probably focus. And, it, 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 you know, it, yeah, let's this take is a turn back of, to you starting out. And, 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 right. and the big family is a part of the molding and the, 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 uh, the, the starvation of attention, especially with all women. Um, okay. The, you know, the problems at home, the, the, um, the big family, the loud family, the lots of women, I, I, needed, I needed to be heard, even if that meant uh, people paying for it. I, uh, I, I think one of, my, one of my earliest rebellions, because my, my humor is kind of rebellious, you know that. I think one of my <laughs> earliest rebellions was, was with that kindergarten teacher. She was psychotic. Years later, she ended up getting thrown out of the system. <laughs> She would um, she would punish us by um, having you drop your pants and, and face the class with your with your rear end out, and she would hit you with a, with a whisk broom. Wow! So this is the this is like you know, but that was that was it was so common for teachers to abuse. I I, I got so abused as a kid in school, and it was common. That's crazy! So that's how they rule. You didn't question the teacher. It was like you must be the bad seed. So this went on. It was it was more common than not, but she was a little over. I mean, again, again, somebody listening might go, "I never experienced that at all." It all depends on where you came from, where you lived, and what kind of school. Right. But in the in the general New York public school system, I'm not huh. one guy. I'm one of you know probably several hundred thousand or more that have a story mm-hmm. about some crazy teacher that did some crazy <laughs> things because they were vested and they were just all nuts. Uh, wow. And this one, yeah, this one might have been a little, she might have told the line a bit more, and that's why she's gone. She was, she wore, her name was Miss Marie. This is her first name, so I'm not giving anything away. And okay. She went by the name <laughs> Miss Marie, and she wore caked on makeup, and she had a big uh, sprayed up beehive hair, like, <laughs> you know, and she was a big, heavy woman, and she just, you know, you talk about someone with issues, I think she just <laughs> plain hated children, and she, she was trying to corral kindergartners, but we're like babies, and you know. So she would get no- wow. Her punishment, her punishment was to do this to us. And you talk about me seeing like those, like like seeing those pompous people 
for who they really are. I saw her mm-hmm. then and would say, and there's always this thing in me that said, you know, that's wrong and I need to do something. Um, let me try to elaborate. Like, I was always in trouble in school, but mostly for being rambunctious and funny and, and seeing a moment where it was right to strike. Not getting in trouble in school because I was from a troubled home, which I was, right. but my outlet was humor. That's what I learned. That's what my family used. It was humor. We dealt with mm-hmm. so much stuff in our lives. With humor, we all have a, my whole family, I mean, talking women here, we all have a <laughs> string of a violent streak, and that comes from both my parents. But I'm telling you, humor is really our outlet and enlightening a situation and finding a person's weak spot, and some people just don't like that. But you take right. Miss Marie, I'm looking and I'm going, what she's doing is wrong. So my goal would become, and I didn't realize it then, consciously, okay. that it was my, you know, my my beginnings of what I would uh, gravitate to in my life and, 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 and anything artistic about it. It was just, oh, this needs to be addressed. So I would try to get her going as much as I could. You would try to get her going? Get her going. That means like, you know, get her her going. Get her going. It's the same thing. Right. Okay. And, you know, and not because I wanted to have my my ass beat with a uh, a whisk broom in front of the class. (laughs) I wasn't, you know, into S&M or anything. It was that I wanted the opportunity to make her get crazy or not know who called. I would call her crazy when her back was turned. You know? Um, oh, my gosh. Would, and then she wouldn't know where it was coming from? Well, sometimes the wrong kid got to be, you know. Oh, no. I, I, <laughs> I hated that. But the idea was something me said, even at that young age, is the whole point I'm trying to make. Something's right. not right about the situation. And someone needs to do something. So I would I would egg her on. I would, if I got close to her desk, I would do things like steal her lighter. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Right. And these were some of the some of the good lessons my father taught me in life, you know. Oh my gosh! So anyway, okay, so I have talking more. About... Just, I don't want. I want. I want. I want to breathe here. If you want to say anything. Yeah. No. 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 I mean, so would you say that? I mean, unfortunately, that must have been humiliating. And do you think that those experiences impacted some of the? And again, I don't know what else happened to you throughout you know, all of your years getting up to where you are now in terms of maybe being, like you were saying, shy around some people or just not wanting to, you know, interact as much? I mean, how did those, how did those experiences impact you besides just making humor out of them in order to manage your, you know, emotions around it? Well, in general, everything, everything sort of, you know, I, I don't like to just, uh, ramble out stories without there being some sort of threat. And I think the threat a lot of times, even though it may get stretched out pretty far, comes back to the fact that my my dark or, or somewhat twisted sense of humor or looking through the third eye of things sometimes does come from dealing with problems in this way. Some of, mm-hmm. some of the uh, re- reservations I have around people was just playing actually the good upbringing I had. There was a, there was some good, you know, in terms of manners. And we were the house, for example, that everybody hung out in. 
But we were raised okay. that if you're in someone, else, someone else's house, <laughs> yeah. you don't go in the refrigerator, you don't go in the bedroom. So we sat there like little prisoners, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, in our house, anything goes, this is your home, you're going to eat, you're going to jump on the bed, you're going to do whatever you want, wear our underwear. But <laughs> when we're in someone else's house, it was sit, stay, don't move, be respectful. You know, so that's, you know, I just don't make myself comfortable with people I don't know. Okay. So that's, that's that. But I want to uh, I want to I want to jump ship a little bit and and, sure. and talk about you know what we're, we said we're going to do some storytelling. So I want to tell some stories that are okay. I hope interesting. <laughs> uh, my father. Let's uh, let's start with the um, with the, the king or the um, the inspiration <laughs> for the psychology and the medication. <laughs> okay. Biggest. biggest um, Biggest issue with my father in, in, and in our uh, lives growing up was gambling. My father oh, okay. um, could have chosen two paths in life. He had a, a, a wonderful job, but he also was a guy that came up in the streets, as they say. He definitely had a dual personality, but with all of that, he had a weakness. Some people drink, some people do drugs. With him, it mm-hmm. was, he had a few weaknesses, but, but the big one was gambling. Was gambling? And wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because of that, you know, we um, we always rode a financial roller coaster. We we moved mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, and I'm talking sometimes in the middle of the night. <laughs> I'm talking, <laughs> uh, we went from houses to apartments. It was, it was pretty much. What do you mean in the middle of the night? No, I'm probably not. Yeah, well, we were, you know, you know, how many great toys I left behind. I, 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 it used to kill me because it was like, oh take whatever gosh. you can carry. We got to get out of here. And I'd be like, but I have a closet full of toys. I mean, I left some no. of the greatest things behind. And in again, the closet educate me, Joseph, because I'm I'm very like I don't want to say I'm sheltered because you know I have a background in corrections and some other crazy stuff. But is it because people were after him and you just had to get out? No, my, my father, yeah, he, he owed people, but he wasn't afraid of anyone, really. He, he had, oh, okay. He's, he's the kind of guy that takes $5 out of your pocket and go, what are you going to do? <laughs> oh, okay. You know? Okay. So I'm talking so about, why, like, landlords. You, you know, why did you have to jump ship so quickly? Well, you, you know, maybe be behind on the rent a few months. So okay. you say, well, look, I, I, I can't, you know, I can't scare this guy anymore. I don't want to, you know, like... Again, this is a street thing. A lot of people don't understand it, but when someone who comes from that kind of background is in the wrong, they don't admit they're in the wrong. They'll they'll hurt someone to to put themselves in the right. So rather than go around life doing that and getting arrested um, or being on the run, we would just, uh, him on the run, we'd all just get up and move, you know. Oh, we don't live here anymore, so you're not getting the rent. Screw you. Right, and, right. We, we'd move like five blocks over. <laughs> so okay. we'd come into all these new neighborhoods, you know, and I, I would just tell people, like, we used to joke around. Here's, here's the joke. We would okay. tell that, oh, my, we, we move a lot because my father, he's, he's a general in the Army. <laughs> so, and because he wasn't home a lot because he was always on some gambling spree or working or God knows what, so it was, uh, well, I do know what, but I don't want to say too much. But uh, Right, right, right. That's okay. Yeah, no, you need, sometimes you got to use your imagination. 
fill in the blanks whether you're right or wrong. But the bottom line is <laughs> he had six kids, and he lived this very, very roller coaster, high roller life. You know, psychologically, we should examine this one day because I think <laughs> even though I'm more grounded, if you were to parallel us, I've chosen the same path in a lot of ways. Okay. You know, and I know, you know from us become talking off the record again. that with that, I may not be a I may not be a degenerate gambler, but right. of all the great jobs I've had in my life, I've always come back to this. I've left those jobs, I've left those businesses to stay with this. And what is this business? Mm-hmm. Nothing but a great big gamble. You know, which interesting. Is, I guess yeah. I guess it's yeah. I guess it's a fear of tra- of of uh, conformity and and the traditional. So, uh, yeah, that was the running joke that my father's a general in the Army. And, you know, you deal with, uh, you know, your regular suburban person. I would go, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We can tell him anything. <laughs> I'm sure you could pull the wool over their eyes pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were uh, we were definitely uh, we were definitely raised with, with two sets of books, if you know what I mean. Okay. You know what I mean? Do I'm you know not I mean? sure. I don't okay. know. You got, you got your school book and you got your street book. I mean, they're, they're, right. they're two very different books, but they're, they're both. it's good to have a knowledge of both, believe me. No, you're right, because you need them both to survive in, in either similar settings or, you know, different settings. They're not mutually exclusive, I guess you could say. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot, about, there's a lot about me that people, even people that are close to me, extremely close to me, um, don't understand. And to me, it makes perfect sense. And this is where the dilemma of where do I belong, where do I fit in, is this the right moment to to be the me that they're telling me to be, or should I not be the me? It's crazy. And 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 my father is very much like that, but personified. Um, here's a guy who, you know, if we had money troubles, and we did quite often because of his addiction, um, mm-hmm. knew knew had to knew how to get things. However, it was also very much habitual to him. It was fun to, for, for no, you know, to not fool around words to steal. It was okay. fun. It was just it was it was addiction. It, right. It was so was it, he, he was had. getting a high from that too. Right. Oh, he he had to. It was just how he was brought up. It was a matter of saying "f you" to the system. Uh, you know, um, as a kid, you know, certain things. I knew kind of like the kindergarten teacher weren't right, but you went along with it because there was something really cool about it, but you didn't understand what was quite wrong with it, and you didn't understand what was mm-hmm. quite cool. Like, we'd go into a crowded toy store with lines, you know, like all the registers full. Right. And he'd tell me, and this was like our time together, because like maybe we had an hour before I wasn't going to see him again for a few days. Let you go. <laughs> You know, all right. So essentially, and of course, I'm paraphrasing. It's like, all right, listen, I haven't right. seen you in a couple of days. Go pick out a toy, any toy you want. All right. So I come back with the biggest toy my little arms will carry. He'd be like, all right, you like that one? All right, come on, let's go. But what about the line? No, come on, I know the guy. Who's <laughs> <Please leave. laughs> You know? And, and would it just be because there were so many people in the store they wouldn't notice that you were walking out, or did he literally know the guy? No, you know, no one. The idea is, you know, you know, that's it's the stuff you see in movies. That's just what he knew. Right. He, he wasn't a, he wasn't gonna wait on no line. 
Um, we went one time. This is my. This is one of my favorite. I mean, there's so many bad stories that I I couldn't tell, but this is so okay. cute that I don't care if you're, you know, you're a lawman or a straight laced person. You have to find humor, and if you don't, then you're the exact kind of person that I hope sits up front at one of my shows. Uh, <laughs> okay. I when I was about um, maybe thirteen, fourteen. I had a very good friend of mine. We're still very close today. And he always had a, a little more uh, stability financially in his family. In fact, today he's extremely wealthy, and God bless him. I love him, and he's still the, sort of the same guy I always knew, and that's what I respect about awesome. him. Cool. Yeah. Um, we, um, you know, we spent a lot of time together, and he he had this really nice kind of really, um, well, it was very small but a really clean room with nice furniture. And me, I didn't get my own bedroom because of all the sisters in the house. So most of them married off. I didn't get my own bedroom until I was 11 years old. Wow. So you were sharing a bedroom with how many sisters? I, I'm embarrassed to say, and I probably shouldn't say, uh, and like I said, all the all the indicators were there that I should be a weakling, gay, Mama's boy and everything else. However, anyone who knows me knows that I've I've had almost forty fist fights in my life. I've been <laughs> way too many women to mention. So either I'm hiding something or I slipped through the crack. I slept on a cot in my mother's bedroom with Black Sabbath posters on my side of the room Aww. and her and her cherry cherry wood furniture on the other until I was right, eleven right, right. years old. Wow. So you can imagine when I got that room, when when um, there were only two sisters left, and I finally got a room, I got their queen-size bed in basically a girl's room. So I tried with no money to guy it up by putting up Led Zeppelin posters and a picture of a truck. <laughs> but it, by the time I hit, like, 13 and I'm hanging out with my buddy, I want a guy's bedroom. And, and I was working. I started working very young. Took okay. my own money and fixed up my bedroom. So nice. I want a carpet. I want a carpet and I want an earth tone carpet just like my buddy. So we go to a place. It's no longer there. It's called Floors by James in the strip mall by the shopping center. And they have a little ledge, maybe a foot off the ground, a little, little tiny picket fence, like maybe a foot high as well, where they just. Dis- you there? Yeah, yeah I'm listening. Yeah. Oh, I thought I yep, out. I think a text came through. Okay. So where they, here, the, the, where they display the remnants. So okay. we go, okay, we'll we'll take that one. We pick the carpet, okay? Now it's 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 already taken down and on the floor. It's more than enough carpet than we need. It's a remnant. So she says, okay, you get free padding with that. Wonderful. Let me go in the basement <laughs> and get it. I says, thank you very much. Now, I'm a young man trying to do things for himself. So I says to the woman, thank you very much. She turns to go in the basement. I look, and my father is in this jungle of remnants in the window because he sees the same remnant that I bought. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, shut up. <laughs> he's got the same remnant, and he's knocking over all the carpets. And I'm like, what are you doing? Shut up. He throws it on my shoulder. Bring it out to the car. I run it out to the car. I'm in this parking lot running with a giant carpet over my little 13-year-old shoulder. And my mother's like, is that the carpet? I'm like, no, but Daddy said to take it. <laughs> we go home. We got our padding. We got the carpet I needed. That carpet that he stole 
went in my basement and was thrown out years later. It was never used. He just had to take something. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. But you were there to get a carpet for your room, right? Yeah, and we paid for it. It bothered him to pay for it, so he needed a, something for free, you know? Like when you go to the oh, property, so you, you got, got a, a different one. You're, you're waiting for the woman to... Okay, you're waiting for the woman to come back with the one you wanted, but he came in and he picked something else out? No, no, no. We had, we had the carpet, and she went to go okay. get the free padding in the basement. Oh, the padding. Okay. When she went to get the padding, he, he, sees, the he, he, sees, he sees the sister remnant in the window display, climbs into okay. the little ledge, the little one-foot ledge with the little one-foot picket oh fence, and knocks through... You know, a half a dozen carpets to get this roll, and I'm like, we have more than enough. Take it. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. And then you never even used the carpet. You said it's just sat there in the basement. We put it in the basement. Many years later, um, we made the basement into an apartment. And when they cleared out all the stuff under the steps, that carpet was still there and got thrown in a dumpster. Oh my god. We had- we had no use for it. You just had to have it. I mean, I could tell you like a hundred stories like that, but keeping keeping with the um, flow, I'm going to move on to okay. the next crazy person in my life, if that's okay. That's okay. Let's move on to the next uh, crazy person number two. Well, listen, you, you, you don't live with a man like that without being uh, affected or afflicted <laughs> by him. So obviously uh, my mother. Now, right, six, six <laughs> which kids. I assumed was next. Yep, six kids, a um, a husband on the fly, money problems, uh, and my mother was tough with us. She she was kind of tough, you know. She was Brooklyn raised. My father was raised in in, in Italy, um, in a small town, and they both they <laughs> both um, earned their stripes, as they say, um, in the you know in the tough streets of Italy during World War Two and the tough streets of Brooklyn at the same time. Um, but she, um, she is a wonderful woman who, uh, took our nerves out on us today. Today it's child abuse. Back then it was perfectly normal. It was, it was just like the teachers. Everyone's mother beat everyone's kid. If you were there, you were guilty. Oh my gosh. You're so taken by this, aren't you? I'm telling you. No, no, no. I mean, my... I don't know. No, I mean, I know it was different. I know, like you're saying, depending on, like, where you grew up and, you know what I mean? I, I understand that, and I can appreciate that. It's not like I'm totally like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I, you don't even want to know half the stuff I watch on TV. It's very disturbing. But we're not going to get into that with me right now because I probably need my own psychologist. <laughs> but, no, well, you I, know what, Karen, I guess. It was, all, it was all perfectly normal. I, I don't I, – we'll easily get sidetracked, you and I, and I don't want to do that yes. if I am to compare – then and now, because okay. you know there's so there's so many. It's just like technology. There's so many great things that technology helps us to do, and yet look at all the negatives associated with it. You know the dulling, the dulling of communication skills and imagination. And so you can really find, you know, you know, yeah. beating your children. We've learned is a bad thing. The way we learn that we need car seats for babies. You know. Right. You know there there are there are some great you know turns like I don't beat my children I I never have I never will so I realized that was not a good thing, um, but 
we've gone so far in the other direction that it ends up uh, firing back. It ends up biting you in the ass in plain English. You know, okay. you've got to have moderation. You've got to have, you know, my kids, it's like, I'm your friend, I'm your friend, I'm your father. You, you know, there's got to come a point <laughs> where you put your foot down, and these parents don't. So, you know, don't don't beat the kids the way we would beat, but at the same time, you're gonna give them everything. You're gonna you're gonna use right. all psychology, and you think you know better. And that same kid is gonna so walk all over you. Absolutely. So you yep. know, but we and it's kind of funny now. But I mean, my friend that I mentioned before, his grandmother. If we were at his house and she was upset, and she threw a tirade. Tirade. We we both got beat up. If he was over my house and my mother went nuts. I mean, we both got beat up. If my sisters were there, I'd go into their wow. room purposely. I'd go into my sister's room purposely. Now I'm talking, I'm so small, I'm so uh, young and, and tiny that if I stood on the bed, I'm the same height as my sisters at this point. So, like, I'm grabbing their hair to hide, and she's beaten, like, all five of us at once. <laughs> you know? Oh, my it was gosh. Great. It was great. And it all seemed perfectly normal. My mother cooked for me. She cared for me. And she beat me like a stranger. And, and there's oh a couple. Now, 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 I want to tell you a couple quick stories. Okay. Um, and I, I, I have a million, probably some I, I didn't even think of. Um, but I used to play street hockey. Street hockey was with uh, roller skates, the crappiest pair you can imagine. Um, roller skates, and we'd, we'd skate up and down the street, and we literally, we thought we were on ice and wearing equipment, which we weren't, because we'd, we'd knock each other over, we'd fight, everybody was <laughs> bloody. And I'd come in with the skates, which my mother hated. My mother didn't run a palace, but one thing, and I picked this uh, awful habit up from her, is she was not about cleanliness, but she hated clutter. So I okay. That's in, wait, wait, that's interesting. An Italian woman that wasn't really about cleanliness? Yeah, no, no. She didn't have a dirty home, but she wouldn't move something to purposely clean it. It's like, I'll clean around it. You know, her sister, my late aunt, was very, very clean. Um, okay. It's the same within my family amongst myself and my sisters, whereas I, I, I left things clean, but I can... I can close one eye to things not being clean, but I can't stand clutter. And I live with a lot of it between my office, my children, and it really, it, 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 it's, it's tough for me. Now, uh, I have two sisters that are immaculate, I mean, to the point of insanity, you know, <laughs> but, but with my mother, it was like, I, I used to love to help out. I was always a hard worker, and I would, I would clean parts of the furniture and cracks and crevices that she wouldn't do. It would bother me that she wasn't cleaning enough. <laughs> I'm talking as a little okay. seven-year-old boy. But put a jacket on a chair. Meanwhile, the, 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 the china closet is dusty, but put a jacket on a chair, and all hell breaks out. Okay. So I come in from street hockey, and instead of, because I had the skates on, I don't want to kill myself and go down the basement so instead of putting my hockey stick down in the basement, it was convenient to leave it behind. We used to keep our, our kitchen garbage pail on a, on a folding chair right outside the kitchen. Okay? Okay. So it was just, in, to me, it made sense to put the hockey stick behind the chair. It was 
out of the, the the general walking area, and it would stay there until I took my skates off and was able to bring it in the basement. The problem is, it was never removed from that area, and I only did damage to myself because when her and I would have a, an argument, and especially if it was even over the fact that the hockey stick was there, she would draw out the hockey stick like one of the knights of the round table. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And chase me around the kitchen, which had, uh, two, you know, two two uh, entrances, and literally right. use the reach of the hockey stick to crack me in the back. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know you find no humor in this, but if I'm if I'm in a bar in Brooklyn or Staten Island, the guy right. in front of me is laughing. He's gonna go, "My mother did that." <laughs> right. No, it's not that I don't find humor in it. I think it's just it's. It's different for me. So, but no, I mean, the stories are, they're good stories, and we want you to be able to tell the audience, again, the stories of, of your life and, and how you got to be where you are today. So I think that's, I think that's fine. Whenever you want to talk about it, it's, it's your well, story. Now, now you know why, now you know why I clam up in certain environments, because it's, you know, the average person doesn't find this as funny as I do. You know, <laughs> right. In fact, I took, right. I took acting with this kid from, um, from a uh, prep school in Massachusetts, you know, good upbringing, the whole thing, he used to wear a, an emblem jacket, he's doing phenomenal <laughs> play in the, in, in the television commercial world, he hooked into TV commercials, if I told you the commercials, you would know this guy, but I don't want to give oh him a Oh my gosh, right. But he would listen to my stories after acting class, we'd go for a bite to eat, me, him, and another friend of mine from Long Island who thought he was a New Yorker until I started talking. And the two of them would just look at me, and I'd be, what? And they'd say, <laughs> you you think this is normal? And i go, where I come from? And they go, you have to write a book. <laughs> this is not normal. <laughs> this is great. Absolutely. You know, and, and people should know also, your listeners, that although some of this does bleed into my act, it, and as you know, this is not quintessentially my act. You know what I mean? Right. 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 No, I know. Yeah. I don't want to think. I don't want to think I'm, I'm pulling shtick on them, as they say. This is not. No, no, no. Well, well, and I, I'll just uh, again plug you real quick, just in case new people are tuning in. Um, again, everyone, you are listening. To, I'm sorry about my voice. I don't know what's happened. All of a sudden, I'm getting like these sinus problems. But um, you're listening to uh, Joseph Anthony on the Carrie Edelman Show, and uh, he's this amazing comedian. You can check him out at josephanthonycomedian.com, and he will be performing tomorrow night his stand-up act, which is under the title of Why Me at the American Hotel in Freehold, New Jersey. And again, the information for that is available on his website. So we will uh, also, let's continue on. I'm sorry, Carrie. It's um, yes. It's it's um, AmericanHotelNJ.com. There's no the in front. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay, AmericanHotelNJ.com. Cool. Cool. So um, okay. So continue with uh, how people, like you said, just sometimes don't get the humor, or when you tell these stories, they're like, you got to write a book. <laughs> Okay, so let me um, let me finish up with the violence, uh, the ones that jumped out at me when I when I closed my eyes. Um, we're having a a long distance fight, although it was not very far. I never grew up in a big place. Um, she's in the kitchen. I'm in the living room, and um, as you can imagine, the kitchen has those two entrances. Okay, I think most kids right. do. And your your average small kitchen, 
and yep. I'm in the dining room. I'm in the dining room, which is maybe you know, twelve feet away from her in the kitchen, and we're having a long distance argument. And I shouted out, you know, I hate you. And within a second, oh. and without missing a beat, as as if she had it in a holster, she throws a vitamin bottle. Now, let me oh, gosh. let me elaborate and say that during this time period, which was probably um, probably the very early 80s, bottles were still bottles. There was no plastic. Oh, my gosh. A thick plastic oh, vitamin bottle. I go, I hate you. And within, she must have just swung open that cabinet door, grabbed this thing because it was only a split second later. And my mother had a great arm. As <laughs> short and chubby as she was, she threw this thing at my head so oh, fast. Gosh. It appeared out of the kitchen so fast that I had just enough time to tilt my head to the right. I had this vitamin bottle cracked on the wall right next to my head. And I was like, even even though I grew up in that crazy environment, even me, I was like, you just threw a glass bottle at my head. You're not right. Are you trying to kill me? I'm just fun. Oh, <laughs> my. Like, oh, wow. But she had justification for it. She was like, you know, you can say a lot of things. You're mean, you're this, right. you're that, but don't ever say you hate your mother. <laughs> right. I'm sure you, did you learn after that incident that uh, that is something you don't say? I, I learned that we needed plastic um, as a society. <laughs> That's what I learned. Plastic or styrofoam or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Soft vitamin bottle. I won't. I would never say I hate you again unless it was under my breath. Um, the last time she made an attempt, I was uh, was in my early teens, and again we were like shouting back and forth. Uh, her in the kitchen, and she was always in the kitchen. Um, that's just that goes without saying. And I, I'm in my bedroom. I think I'm listening to ACDC, and uh, you know I guess I'm kind of coming into my own a little bit. And, and she comes running in because she didn't like what I said. And she threw a right, and I grabbed her wrist, and she threw a left, and I grabbed her wrist. And at this point now, I was taller than her, which, as you know, I'm not very tall to begin with. Uh, <laughs> okay. imagine, imagine how short my little 4'11 mother is. And I and I grabbed her wrist, and I looked at her, and I said, what are you going to do, shorty? And we both started laughing, and that was the end of the beat. <laughs> wow. Yep. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. These are crazy, oh, wow. crazy upbringing stories. Go ahead. Oh no, no, I just said these are. Yeah, I mean, just I didn't, I didn't. I mean, I knew some stuff about you, but this is definitely, definitely new stuff. <laughs> I think I'm kind of a mixture of, you know, in shock, taken aback. Um, you're gonna, yeah, you're, gonna call, you're gonna call dinosaurs, and I'm 42. No. <laughs> no. No. But wow, they're abusing me. I took my father to the doctor today, and this was this this next story, if you will, is completely unplanned. I mean, I I told you in the email, I, I had some bullets. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take up right. your radio time without having somewhat of a, a a plan. But just just follow time. Let me tell this story, that story. But um, okay. this is to say that even even around the age of eighty, they're still they they, they haven't stopped. You know, I come all the way in from Jersey to New York. I take him to the doctor. He's in really bad shape. He's got Aww. emphysema. He caught pneumonia. He's getting over the pneumonia. 
you know. But this is this is the guy who is frail and old and yet still hasn't changed. We pull up in front of the doctor's office, and right. it's va- it's valet. So he wants the car in front every time he goes. He gives this guy money. So the guy's like, he's like, come here, Joe. And the guy's like, wait a minute, I'm with someone. No, come here, Joe. And I pull away. He's like, what are you doing? My father's like, what are you doing? I was like, the guy's busy. We'll pull up in front and you give him the money. He's so easy <laughs> to, like, like tip people and get things done. He can't, even, he can't even get out of the car on his own. Meanwhile, he can't wait to give him the tip and do his whole thing. So, so we pull up in front. The guy comes over. And he's like, here, can we leave the car? He's like, you don't have to give me any money because he's paid him so many times. Like, no, take the money, take the money. He he can't walk. I got to open up the wheelchair for him. He's paying people off. And the guy, he's like, is your name Joe? He's like, it's Mike. All right, Mike, I'll remember that. He's been calling him Joe for weeks, right? (laughs) We we get him in. We go to the doctor. The doctor says he's doing a little better, even though my father don't want to hear it. Go to the doctor, know what he's talking about. I'm dying. We come back out, right? I wheel him out. And I help him into the car, and all I have to do is pull the pull the wheelchair up in the middle and put it in my trunk. So the guy Mike is nearby, uh, and my father says to me, "Let him do it." I go, "No, I got it. He's busy. This guy's busy running around parking cars, you know." Right. And he goes, right. "Let him let him do it," meaning I paid him. Let him do his job. So I'm like, right. I'm like all nervous. I don't know what to do. I'm a grown man. I get in the car because she's stressing me out. He's stressing the guy Mike out. The guy Mike's like, I got it. I know. My mother's the same way. You know, the guy Mike is nervous putting the wheelchair in. He's breaking it. I'm I'm like, do I get in the car? Do I help? I feel bad. This guy is now on the payroll. I get I get in the car so quickly as I do, and I have a little car, and I instantaneously will rest my elbow on the armrest. Well, whose elbow is on the armrest but his, Uh-oh. my father? Right. And because because he takes prednisone for his emphysema, his skin peels. Now he starts bleeding from the elbow. Now from being a great son who came all the way in and took him to the doctor and took care of him, now I'm an MF MF for for the next five lights. And I know I don't want me to take him to the doctor anymore. He's going to tell my sisters, I don't want your brother here. He's clumsy. That son of a bitch, he cut my arm open. He's clumsy. I don't want him here. He hasn't changed, you know. As you can see, right. And as we know, unfortunately, personalities don't change. And that could be another topic on another day. But, yeah, unfortunately, those things are pretty uh, static, as we would say, and, uh, yeah, non-changing. <laughs> You want to hear a great dad story? I know I should talk more about me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish with me, uh, because believe it or not, yeah. uh, not believe it or not, as you can probably imagine, <laughs> this has affected the adult Joseph. Um, he, this is back in 2001. He goes in for a triple bypass, which today is fairly common, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he's got emphysema. Complications arise. Uh, uh, he gets a staph infection. He has to be intubated. Long story short, this this guy's like they even they even had him dead at one point, and and there he is oh in his life state. So he's in the city, um, and we'd go up and visit him periodically. There was usually always one family member there at one time or another, and I'd go up one time on my own. Uh, and as a psychologist, you'll really appreciate this. I hope I go up okay. there with this book, this book, Creative Visualization. You ever hear of it? Okay. No. Mm-mm. 
it's a book on uh, meditation and positive affirmation. <laughs> okay. By a, a wonderful spiritual <laughs> author named uh, Shakti Gawain, right? And my eyes okay. turned me on to it years ago. There's many versions of her writing, but this is a paperback. It's a straightforward, almost manual for meditation. I love it. Nice. And everything nice. from, from, from uh, you know, every type of area of your life you can focus on, depending on what you want. You know, uh, improved improved career, relationships, even healing. Mm-hmm. So I go up to his hospital room. It's just me and him. It's kind of dimly lit. He can't respond to me. He's on machines. And I start reading from the book. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm okay. reading the section. I'm reading the section to him of how he has the power to heal himself. We have the power to heal oneself. Okay? Okay. And my father has, has these big these big blue eyes, and they're, they're literally big. So under his eyelids, I see his eyes fluttering. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, he wants to respond. I'm making him cry. He, he gets it. Right, right. A few, days late, a few days later, there's about five or six of us in the, in the hospital room. He's, he's off the support. He's in a very weak, lethargic state. He sees me enter the room. He waves <laughs> me over. Barely can open his eyes. He waves his fingers at me. I come close. What is it that he, again, tries to grab my shirt, like to pull me closer. I get as, right. close, to his mouth, I get as close to his mouth in my ear as I can, and, I, and I'm like, what do you need, Dad? Like, I'm thinking maybe he needs a glass of water. He wants to tell me thank right, you. Right, right, right. And, and he says to me, and I can't edit this, Carrie. i got to say it the way he said it. Go ahead. He said, if I'm dying and you ever read to me again, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew something like that was coming. Oh my gosh! (laughs) That is funny. So, uh, I mean, hey, at least he was alert. But I figured he was probably like, "What the f is he reading me?" (laughs) Oh, if he could have got out of that bed and and choked me to death, he (laughs) would. Oh gosh! Oh my gosh! What do you want to do? You want to? You want to? Yeah, why don't we do this? I want to do. Yeah, no, I want to still, let's do some stuff on you. I want to do, a, like, just a quick break. I'm going to just put a couple of plugs in here for some people. And then, um, yeah, think about what you want to talk about with regards to stuff about you now, um, as I think we've learned a lot about your family and kind of how you've got to be where you are today. And, uh, yeah, and then we'll get back to talking about you. All right? Cool. All right, so I'm just going to take on hold for a second. Okay. All right, everyone, again, if you are tuning in right now, you're listening to the comedian Joseph Anthony, and he is doing this great storytelling segment tonight about his life as a comedian. You learn a lot about his family, um, some very interesting and uh, crazy stories, which some people might be able to relate to and some people might not be able to. But definitely, if you haven't tuned in tonight, please check out the podcast, which will be available. And I apologize about my voice. I'm not sure what is going on, but my sinuses, for some reason, are really kicking in right now. So I want to just do a few advertisements really quickly um, for a bunch of people that I support as well as support the show. Um, One of them is, of course, Mark Friggin, and he is in the chat room tonight listening. So if you are a fan of the Howard Stern Show but frequently have to miss some or most of the show due to where you work, for me, for example, I unfortunately work in a correctional environment, so I do not have serious access. Um, 
What you can do is you can tune in to Mark's Friggin. It's www.marksfriggin.com, M-A-R-K-S-F-R-I-G-G-I-N, as his website is awesome. It is developed for all the Stern fans. It provides daily Howard Stern show highlights, TV show schedules, and much more related to the show. So please check out marksfriggin.com. I would also like to plug sternsuperfans.com. Um, I'm a huge supporter of them, and they've always supported this show. So that is Joseph Muski, who runs the sternsuperfans.com. And definitely check them out. It's an awesome place for fans to interact. And as Joe would say, share everything that is Howard. Um, also, check out Talent Spotlight Magazine. I want to start including them in the plug. This is an awesome magazine. I'm going to also um, talk to Joseph off the air about it. But uh, Talent Spotlight Magazine features anyone from musicians, poetry writers, photographers, artists, and they're doing comedians. I'm really close with the owner of the magazine. Um, I've had been fortunate to be featured as a musician in the magazine, and she um, also did an update on the radio show. And I'm currently writing for the magazine about entertainment-related aspects and psychology as more of a kind of self-help type of uh, writing. So check out talentspotlightmagazine.com. And if you're interested, contact Jessica Gilbert, who is the uh, owner and the person, the publicist for the magazine, if you're interested in being featured. Also, Flirt Energy Drink, real quick, let's plug them. Go to flirtsport.com. This is a, a fitness energy drink primarily made for females. Um, they are going to be branching out and making more types of products, but the new drink that they have right now is awesome. And my song, Vanilla Skies, off of my album, Leave It All Behind, is currently used to endorse and promote the product. So check out flirtsport.com. And lastly, coming up in a few weeks, we have Professor Pooch is the name he goes by, and uh, also known as David Spangenberg. He is an awesome person. This guy has been involved in the music industry for over 40 years. He is a music business career consultant. He's an educator. He's taught at colleges. He's also an author, and he writes uh, legal contracts for musicians as well as other people in the entertainment industry. So if you are interested, definitely check him out at Professor Pooch, and that's the word professor, and then pooch, P-O-O-C-H.com. And we're going to have him uh, coming up soon on the show, so definitely tune in if you want to ask any legal questions or definitely contact him if you need some type of a contract created because he knows what he's doing and he's he's really good and friendly, et cetera. So uh, definitely check out ProfessorPooch.com. All right, now let's get back to Joseph Anthony. Okay, now that was an earful. You're back on. <laughs> All right. Carrie, you sound uh, very nasally. I know, I said that. It was weird, like, towards the middle. Mm. I have sinus infections all the time and problems, but towards the middle of the show, I started sneezing. I don't know if you heard me. And then, yeah, it just kind of got... I'm kidding. I'm trying to make you self-conscious. That doesn't, uh, I don't hear but anything. no, I am. I admit it. <laughs> I admit it. Believe me, I know myself. Something's something's brewing, and hopefully it's nothing major. So let's move on with you. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking, speaking of moving on, I actually... Um, even though I, I droned on and on, um, is that the word? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, even though I went on and better. on uh, with some of this stuff, I actually kind of want to zip through a little more of the current stuff, maybe maybe um, wrap it up fairly soon. I'm sure that's uh, that's okay with you because um, yeah. you, you know there's no end to me once I get started. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Whatever you'd like to do to, as you said, kind of tie things together, um, that's fine. 
yeah, this um this avalanche has to has to uh this this snowball effect has to have a landing <laughs> and a meaning. So all right. Okay. All this um all this uh uh, uh thievery and gambling and some other unmentionables and, and beatings beatings by blood relatives and so on and um <laughs> manifestation. Um besides the big family and the need to be heard, um it's not all good. I have um, obsessive-compulsive. I am an anxious person. Uh, some of some of the things that I say I am or I have, uh, some of them are past tense. Some of them are fading. Some of them are as glaring as ever. Um, okay. So you know, not to not to detail which is which, but I'm you know I'm a bit violent. I'm a bit rebellious. Uh, I have a need to be in the spotlight. Obviously, even when there isn't one, sometimes. Um, <laughs> In my past, I've had a need to be with many different women. I don't know if that was to stroke my ego or fill a void. Uh, you throw in a dash of substance abuse, and you have me. Okay. <laughs> I've had I've had a uh, a lot of fights growing up. Now I have no desire to fight. You know, like I, I, if I had to defend myself or make a point, I'd rather just kind of hurt someone and move on because you know fighting is very involved. And, you know, I can't. I don't want to be physical, and I have bad knees and stuff. But I did fight a lot growing up. It's another thing that I thought was very usual in talking to people, but it's not. Some people have never thrown hands in their life. For me, it was very commonplace. And don't think I was right. guy. I had a lot of fear about it. And again, it was in part having this tough father who said, "You know, you need to, you need to knock back down." But it wasn't having the the, the jerk, you know, slash off. I think it's clean if I say them separately. Father, who's like, you got to be the best at sports, and you got to be a man. No, those are the guys that were really screwed up, and and really had something to prove. And those were the people who I butted heads with, the people right. that thought it was funny right. to pick on the retarded kid or the, or, or the, the not so right kid. And again, there I am. I'm not with the tough guys and the really bad kids. I'm not with the uh, the future doctors and lawyers, and I'm not with the the kids whose hair is greasy and picking their nose. So here I am, sort of like a little bit of every one of them, and yet not like any of them. So these people would ultimately come in contact with me. Um, you know, and it happens in school. Uh, I, 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 can, I got a great story about a kid who finally got his just dessert from me three years into our, our junior high school years, and he ended up being a, a, a rapist and all this other stuff, and I was so proud that I did what I did. I, I can't tell you how many uh, poor, abused kids came over to me and secretly whispered because they were still afraid of him. Thank you. You know, I finally beat him back for all the stuff he had done to me and others, but like I said, I want to bring it more current. I mm-hmm. was up and I was somewhere, I can't say where, because I worked this place, but it was a casino. Okay. And um, I was there with my day job many, many years ago when I first started comedy. And I was, um, we we had won some accountability, so we had some money to spend, so we decided to go to this casino. And at the time, I was a bit of a player and was dating different women, and I said, I really don't want to bring 
one of my dates up here. I, my, my sister always liked the experience, but she had never been there, so I brought her. You know what I mean? Um, okay. And every, everything was just fine. We went to a show. We had a little time before dinner and decided, let's stop into this disco, hear some music, have a drink, maybe a half hour. We were in there maybe five minutes. All the women wanted to dance on the floor, and all the women on the floor were all married or dating someone seriously. They were the women I worked with, including my sister, and me, who was like the only real single, single guy. And I was always okay. like, you know, into dancing and partying. So I took the girls on the floor. None of the husbands wanted to dance. We're out there not five minutes. Some guy comes over, and he starts saying, well, he wants to be with the group. And I says, hey, buddy, this is, uh, you know, it's a private party. He goes, I'm at a bachelor party. You know, I see his friends <laughs> on the outskirts of the dance floor, which is like tiny half wall. And they're like, yeah, I think it's great. And and he uh, and he goes, well, and I said, I turn him around again because he had his back to me. Big, tall guy, twice my height. And he goes, wow. um, I'm at a bachelor party. And he turns around. He starts flirting with the women again. And, you know, let me dance. And they're like, no, 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 we have husbands. And he, and I, and I turn around again and I says, listen, I, just, I get it. You're at a bachelor party, but your party's over there. I pointed to his four or five friends, and this is a separate party. These girls are all spoken for. Right. He turns his back on me again. This time... He grabs my sister's elbow, and he's like, come on, dance with me. Let me buy you a drink. He's got to buy the elbow. She's like, no, thank you. I tapped him on the shoulder. He turns around as if to say to the little three-year-old, like, what, you're still here? And he goes in my face, and he goes, what? And I hit him so hard. Oh, my God. One shot. He spun around, hit the floor, didn't move a muscle. A melee broke out. I ended up fighting all his friends. It was and the guy... The guy that took him out in a wheelchair. Now, some would say oh I'm an animal, and, other, and others would say he didn't listen. He touched family. He had it coming. Right. It all depends on where you come from and what perspective you take, you know? Exactly. And I look at it like mm-hmm. this. I'm not a tough guy, okay? But that's a guy who's been that way his whole life, and maybe now he won't. Maybe now he won't be like that. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a superhero, uh, you know, a midget superhero or what it is, but, you know, <laughs> they see a little guy like me, and, and, and not now, but when I was growing up, it was a big mistake to think he's a little guy. Because I used to, I knew that. And big guys, you know, hold me, they used to beat me up. I got beat up a lot. But, you know, so I would always hit first and ask questions later. Um, you know, I... Um, <laughs> Now let's tie it into a show. I'm doing a show one night, and the last thing you ever want to do on stage when you're trying to make people laugh is have a fight. But um, it's inevitable, either because sometimes I go over the line, or in this case, it was just the opposite. It was it was essentially a, a the ultimate heckler comeback story. I was okay. at this um, I was at this uh, carnival, you know. And if you know carnival, it's in the Catholic religion. It's pre Lent, where you just do every sin possible before you you know give things up. It's, it's, okay. it's what Mardi Gras is based on, I believe. And so I was hired by this beautiful hall in the Westchester area to do these shows on Saturday nights. Now, this is for very wealthy people, you know, the, the you know, BMWs, Audis, and Mercedes all throughout the parking mm-hmm. lot. Um, it's $100 a person, and, you know, you're getting dinner and all kinds of music and stilt walkers and people juggling fire and all this crap, and I was supposed to go on at one time, and I don't go on until two hours later. Now the crowd is much more drunk, and I'm irritable. Well, I start the stage, I'm on this giant ride, I start the stage, I start the show, I'm on this giant riser, 
with a giant dance floor in front. I say that to give you a visual that no one has right. to walk on my stage. Well, some nice-looking, okay. wealthy girl with a wealthy boyfriend who I had seen earlier who was dying for everyone to say, look at me, look at me. She was drunk. I even saw her fall earlier. Gets up, <laughs> walks across my stage in front of me, looks at me, and walks off my stage out into the hallway. And I look over at her boyfriend who has a coffee stirrer in his ear, I guess to look cool, and he goes, just do your little show. He twirls the, the coffee stirrer around. Oh, gosh. I say, I, say, I say a little something to him like, uh, that's your girl? Like, I don't want to lose this gig. I got another three weeks booked at this place, so I don't want to... You know, I'm thinking maybe they'll do crowd control. It's all family owned. All the all the all the right. owners are walking around with with headpieces on. There's 450 people there. Like like everybody's seeing this and they're not doing nothing. So I said to him, "Why don't you like control your woman?" And so he wa- he comes up on the stage with me. He stands in front of me, and he goes, "Why don't you come sit down at my table? We'll talk about it." Like he's gonna threaten me. So I said, "No, oh we'll talk gosh. later." Because all on mic, nobody's doing nothing. 450 people watching. Okay? I said, we'll okay. talk later. I, I, sit, I sit him down verbally. She comes back from the hallway, walks on my stage again. N- no no reasoning for this. Looks at me again, smiles, walks off. He looks at me, smiles, what are you going to do? And I said something smart. Right. You know, for someone who works off the cuff as good as I do, and you know uh, I can work off the cuff for two hours, I said the stupidest thing, something like, why don't you be a uh, Why don't you be like a homo in shining armor and get your woman in control? Which is the first thing I could think of. Comes up on the stage. <laughs> now this time he's going to show me that I made a mistake. Again, guy bigger than me, but that goes. Everybody's bigger than me. I, if I have, I've never fought a person shorter than me because then it'd be what fighting dwarfs or something. But he <laughs> he starts to threaten me, but in a slow building of his own confidence. And as he's saying this, he goes, let me tell you something, pal. And as he's saying, you know, building his threat, he puts one hand on my neck, then the other. But not like a grabbing thrust to my throat. He's building his confidence. I know the type. He's never had a fight in his life. Maybe <laughs> during a fencing class once, they didn't go for tea afterwards, but that was the most he ever had a scuffle. Right, So right. that was a joke. <laughs> I'm trying to make levity. <laughs> so he... um. He's got his hands on my neck. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the um, cavalry's going to rush in any minute now and get this guy off of me. No one comes. I go, oh, well. I take the cordless mic. I flip it upside down. And I say, maybe in another second he'll get his senses. He doesn't. He's tightening his grip. So I oh hit him. Gosh. Put the bottom of the mic right in the side of the temple. Uh-huh. Not once, but twice. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. Split his head open. He was pouring blood. All of a sudden, the cavalry comes, and I get tackled on the bottom of five people, this bloody mess, me on the bottom, three people trying to pin him down, because now he wants to fight me. Oh, my gosh. He's got blood flowing out of his face. I'm full of his blood, and he wants to fight me. And I'm like, is this really happening? I came here to tell jokes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Not not to beat that story to death because there's more to it, but the punchline is the next week I'm working for a friend uh, up in Connecticut, and he, he's 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 a DJ, so he provided the sound. And on his okay. microphone, on his cordless microphone, he put like a little label that said "Not for Hitting." <laughs> oh my, <laughs> that's great. That's like kind of like the Seinfeld this uh, ending. You know what I mean? Where it's oh my gosh, that's yep, great. Yep. That's oh, crazy man, I had, though. I had so much I had so much to talk about. Uh, 
Listen, I, I, I'll put it into a nutshell for you. I, I was going to talk about some famous encounters, um, but... Well, we can, again, we'll bring you on again in the future when you're doing another show. We'll definitely uh, do a continuation of a storytelling segment. I think it's cool doing something like this. I like something that's a little more off the cuff rather than me being this, you know, kind of question oh, yeah. and answer type of thing. So, no, I, I, was really gonna, I was really going to sort of, you know... You know, you and whoever's listening might be wondering what the hell does this have to do with comedy. Well, it, 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 it's it's all and it's, you know, I told I told Tom, the guy who's working with me tomorrow. I said, you know, during, mm-hmm. during a real bad period of my life, I um I I I I had a I had a couple DUIs. I had uh, an overdose. I, I did a lot of stupid things. See, there's a lot I'm leaving out here. You know, it was a constant. I have to constantly. Uh, push the envelope, uh, problems mm-hmm. that beat me, you know, I'm human, I'm weak, whatever. And, you know, it's this constant landslide, then I'm fine, then it's a landslide. And I said to him during one of my incidents, and I said, you know, <clears throat> I figured it out. God's just going to keep giving me bad stuff so I keep being funny. <laughs> because <laughs> my my humor is dark, and if anybody wonders why, it's because I I speak from what I know. And mm-hmm. the reason I'm here, Kerry, in, in in summary, the reason I'm here, and by here I mean not dead or in jail or something in between, is, is you know, my mother as a younger man was always the, the image that kept me hanging on the edge of the cliff but not falling over. And today it's my children. I've been mm-hmm. uh, very lucky and and the only the only thing I could say is because there's a lot of you know with, with all the bad things and all the violence and all the the, the 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 substances and everything else there's a very 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 big heart in inside of this um inside of this uh this chest cavity I know there is I know there is and that's what's that's what's definitely always even though I don't know you as well as you're talking about tonight I think that's one of the things that's always draw me to you not just your dark comedy and but just that you do have a big heart and it's 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 obvious from what i know about you well that's what keeps it interesting i mean that's that's what's got my wife all a mess <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't understand i don't understand how you could be so good and you could be so bad i go well are you bored <laughs> right right there's nothing boring around here <laughs> oh no i've never said in response to how you're doing Ah, same crap, different day. I say, right. I want your life. That's what I say. <laughs> I want your life. Aw. Uh, well, thank you, you know, so much. I mean, I think you really no hopefully put it into perspective tonight and people can get a really good sense of more about who you are as a person uh, with some of the stories you have from your upbringing and where you're at today. Um, so, yeah, uh, please I, plug. I, I think if, if anything happened here tonight, and I'm sorry, to, to, I know it's your close. But if anything happened here tonight, okay. hopefully some people feel a lot better about themselves, and hopefully no one. <laughs> I guess you can. Hopefully you no know, one you're talking about. Holes, they're kicking the chair out from under them right now. <laughs> right, right. Well, you were talking about that that book that you tried to read to your father, right? And uh, and I always look at things, you know, through reframing and cognitive restructuring and psychology, trying to look at things in a different way. So. I guess if you want to put it bluntly like that, people can kind of say, okay, my life isn't that bad, if you want to say it like that, but however you want to put it. (laughs) 
<clears throat> so please, um, again, plug for the audience your show tomorrow night um, where they can find you, and then uh, we'll wrap things up. Absolutely. Um, I, I My website is josephanthonycomedian.com, no spaces. Tomorrow night I will be at um, American Hotel, and you can get information at AmericanHotelNJ.com, no spaces. And my website has all my other upcoming local dates. So uh, come out because it's always uh, different, funny, the truth. And I promise not to make you as um, as, as depressed <laughs> as uh, as I may have tonight. <laughs> Oh, well well put to uh, wrap things up. So, again, Joseph Anthony, thank you so much, and I'm planning on coming out, as I said, tomorrow night. So I'm definitely coming for one person, and I've been plugging the show on my different, uh, you know, social media sites, so hopefully we can get some more people to come. And uh, real quick, is there parking at this place? It's pretty, yeah, you, you go... Um... You, go, you probably won't park on Main Street in front, but if you go, there's a um, uh, there's a Sun Bank on the corner. You make a right in there. All the parking's in the back. Huge parking lot oh, in the cool. back. Okay. All right, okay. Carrie. Thanks keep a lot. Good luck. Cool. <laughs> Good luck. Let me know about that okay. magazine, and I want you to I want you to bring your allergies to the show tomorrow. We have to figure out what's wrong with you, okay? You want me to bring my allergies? No, I have these all the time. No, it's you're out. Your allergies. I think. You're oh, my allergist. allergist. No, I don't go to anyone. I just, I'd rather well, be on nothing. I don't take anything. I just deal with it. <laughs> I, you want me I'm to get sorry. you some? I'm sorry if that was, uh, what's that? You want me to get you some? No. <laughs> we'll talk off the, <laughs> off the record. No, no, I can't take anything. I'm just like, uh, everything makes me feel worse you're, than I already do. <laughs> you're missing the joke. You're missing the, you got to hang out with me more. I, I know what, no, thoughts. I'm not. Please? I know what you're I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know what you're, believe me, I know what you're talking joke. about. Drugs, Mr. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for joining us again tonight, Joseph. It was a pleasure having you on as a guest, and you're always welcome to come back on again in the future, and uh, I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you, Carrie. You're welcome. Awesome. Have a great night, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. All right, everyone, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Wow, an hour and a half we did tonight with uh, Joseph Anthony. Check him out at josephanthonycomedian.com. And since things are winding down, I'm actually not going to probably be able to really play my song tonight since it's going to get cut off. So um, you can check out my debut album, Leave It All Behind, on iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman. I do want to plug the next person we have coming up this Thursday. I'm doing two shows this week. So you can check us out on Thursday the 18th this week at 8 o'clock p.m. as I'm going to be interviewing a comedy writer, actually, who's also a comedian. He's also a physician, and he is a musician in a band. His name is Neil Berliner, and he's going to be coming on the show. A little bit about Neil for people who might not know of him, but he's a pretty big name out there. He... um, is a well-known comedy writer. He's done stand-up at comedy clubs, including the New York City Comedy Club and Gotham Comedy Club. And his uh, comedy has been featured in many national venues, including Roast on the Comedy Central Channel, Howard Stern Show, The Friars Club, where he's contributed to the roasts of William Shatner, Flavor Flav, Artie Lang, Pat Cooper, Gary Del Bate, Baba Booey, to name a few. 
He has also had his comedy featured in the New York Times, VH1, The View, <clears throat> and many other shows. He's also a musician. He's written lyrics for nine years for frequent Howard Stern show guests, The Fruity Nutcake Rappin' Granny. And he's also a top comic um, on the forum at the dailycomedy.com. And finally, geez, I feel like I feel like the Howard Stern show where they talk about someone on the air who's uh, losing their voice. So I apologize again. I'm not sure what is going on with me. Um, he presently also writes for John Kerwin, uh, which is uh, Films Before a Live Studio Audience in L.A., and it's available to watch on Saturday nights on DirecTV. So you definitely have to check him out. Again, that is this Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m., and his name is Neil Berliner, so definitely check him out. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight, everyone. I appreciate it. And uh, if anyone is interested in becoming a guest on the show, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, search The Carrie Edelman Show, and all the information is there. Thanks again for your support. I appreciate it, and we'll be back this Thursday.